0: This is your host, Chantal Holm, and you are listening to the Talk Down Syndrome podcast. back to the Talk Down Syndrome podcast, everyone. So we are actually on story number three of 21 inspirational stories of Down Syndrome for the month of October. So this is Down Syndrome Awareness Month, you guys super pumped up. I'm very excited because for story number three, I actually have a guest. Her name is Gail Hamblin. And she is coming out of Dover, Delaware. Gail is also a mommy like me of a son that has down syndrome and she's an author of the book more like than different a down syndrome tales so welcome Gail. Thank you I'm so it's happy. great to be on. Thank you so much for spending um, some time with me to talk about your guys's journey and your story of down syndrome and just you know spreading awareness uh, for everyone to hear and. Um, so I wanted to first start off with your son. And uh, talk about your guys' journey and then go into the book. Um, I did, you know, read a little bit about Calvin. That's his name, right? Calvin? Yes. Yes. He's Calvin. And um, how old is Calvin? He is eight right now. He'll be nine in December. Oh, my birthday's in December, too. (laughs) (laughs) So I bet you he's wild, huh? (laughs) Uh, He he can be. He can be.
1: Yes. Um, So we we started our journey nine years ago mm-hmm. i guess about um i didn't have the prenatal diagnosis mm-hmm. so it was a total surprise um we didn't even know if he was a boy or a girl they hadn't told us any of that stuff either beforehand so um it was a crazy birth and um yeah <laughs> so <laughs> moving on past that mm-hmm. um he had some medical things other than just down syndrome he did not have any heart defects which we were very very happy about Mm -hmm. i know about half of children born with down syndrome do have some type of heart defect yeah um so we we were lucky on that one i have a lot of friends that have had to have go through that journey and i i know it's very rough yeah um so with calvin he you know hitting some milestones and things and we couldn't really get him to eat that much and everything he was eating would come back out you know <laughs> so went through a lot of medical met a lot of medical things trying to figure out what was wrong with him and and that sort of thing and found out that he actually has like gastroparesis and f pies and all these things so he's allergic to milk primarily but also some other foods too so yeah that was that was a long journey for
0: us that's hard especially Um, for babies because what they have is milk
1: (laughs) yeah but it took like two years for the doctors to even figure out what was wrong with him so yeah it was a really long process and Mm -hmm. luckily I had people that had similar issues previously to me that could point me to the right direction I had social media I was joining all of those groups that I could to find out you know, similar stories or anything like that. So he's, um, it's definitely like one in a million. That's what the doctors always tell me. Like, We've never seen anybody with this medical history before. I'm mm. like, well,
0: wow. <laughs> he's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <there> you go.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it came to the point where he needed a feeding tube. So mm-hmm. we started with the NG tube, which, was not fun at all mm-hmm. and um, progressed to the G-tube. So he's been on a G-tube, I think, for almost six years. It might uh-huh. be more, I don't know. Yeah, so, um, but now he's doing really well. We had to go to an intensive feeding clinic mm-hmm. two years ago. It was, uh, I think I'm gonna write a book about that oh, <laughs> to okay. help others yeah. because it, it, it was definitely uh, an experience. Yeah. Um, And I had two other moms there that I had never met before, and they both had boys with Down syndrome, too. Mm -hmm. And we just formed, like, this lifelong bond now um, going through that traumatic experience. It's a lot because you're away from your home and your family, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, some of the techniques that they have to do is, you know, it's it's kind of like force feeding, it feels Mm -hmm. like. Um, But, you know, it's... It has to be you done. gotta do what you gotta do because yeah. your child has to eat so um, it's yeah it was very um, it was a rough patch definitely mm-hmm. but um, it, it was great Oh, we went in there he wasn't eating hardly any variety of foods
2: mm-hmm.
1: and when we came out of there he was eating anything I would put in front of him that mm-hmm. he wasn't allergic to oh, and man. starting to feed himself and things like that so mm-hmm. um, it was it was definitely a good part stressful but good part so
0: and isn't that like uh, crazy how because i've it's like weird it's when you meet other parents out there that go through these similar experiences it's like an instant instantaneously you're like hi welcome to the club like you're friends and like you mm -hmm. have so much you know in common and you don't feel alone or stressed out as much yes
1: it Mm -hmm. does really help it definitely helps yeah if i had to do it all by myself i don't i don't know that i i don't know that i could do it definitely and uh, it was funny because our insurance had actually denied him for two years to go to this feeding clinic and then once i was there and the other two moms you know trickled in Mm -hmm. i was like this like this is why it was delayed i i know now i was meant to meet you all and (laughs) you know like this like were a really good support system for each other um
0: so do they um do they foresee calvin um eating out of a feeding tube for long like his lifelong or um no so right now i
1: just use it if he's not getting enough liquids so we've gotten him to the point where i don't need the formula which is fabulous yeah (laughs) and um so like he still has the tube but it's basically just a backup right now oh, um cool. and especially like with COVID and his some of his other um previous medical conditions they don't want to get rid of the two just yet it's, yeah. it's kind of like a let's wait a little bit longer and mm-hmm. see kind of deal so um I, i'm really happy with it because he eats by mouth now you know and i and i don't really have i don't have to do the formula
0: which that's is great good. That's good. yeah Well, good for him um yeah so, what's Cal? Tell me about Calvin, like his personality, what he's into. Um,
1: so he also has autism. Nice. So he, um, that was something else that came about. Mm-hmm. Like when he was a toddler, um, he was he would start to say words, and then he regressed. So me being the paranoid mom that I was, I thought he had a brain tumor or something and I took him to neurology and I'm like, what's wrong with him? Cause you know, we had all these other GI issues and things. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "I we think he just has autism. And I was like, oh, so, so you know, we did all that testing. Yeah, and- I think
0: um, I actually had another mom reach out to me who had a dual diagnosis of Down syndrome and autism too. And I thought yeah. it was interesting because I didn't even know that existed. Yes. I didn't either. Yeah. I,
1: you know, I was like, oh, okay. I said, well, that makes sense now. Why mm-hmm. when we're in a group of other children with Down syndrome, he seems a little bit, you know, different. So um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's okay. I mean, yeah, it's, no. just, it's just, once you have a diagnosis, then you know what you're dealing with. And that's, yeah, that's was,
0: kind of how I, was I look at it. I was thinking more like along the lines of like, if other parents are listening out there, how would they know um what characteristics would be um aut- would, which would um give a child diagnosis like autism like like if my daughter started acting she's only two but if she started acting a certain way what do i need to look out for just to make sure to see if i need to get her tested
1: right and that's a great question um it's because in children with down syndrome autism actually presents differently Mm -hmm. than in a child who only has autism so i did not know that at the time Mm -hmm. because i i was previously a special education teacher Mm -hmm. and i had had lots of children with autism and i saw similar traits so maybe a little bit of stimming if you see like their hands flapping or um you know They could do a lot of vocalizations like repetitive vocalizations that sort of thing Mm -hmm. if you see that they have a skill and then especially like with speech Mm -hmm. and then they lose it so that's an indicator as well so he was saying a few words uh you know mom dad eat more that sort of thing Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden he stopped talking vocally Mm -hmm. So that, that was a big indication for us. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely needs more sensory input than um, than other children. Mm-hmm. So, like, he enjoys spinning. He likes um, – loud noises really affect him. Um, but he, some loud noises he's okay with, other loud noises not so much. So, like, I when he was a baby, I could not take him to any parties or any – Anybody's house where there was like 10 people or more, mm-hmm. he would just cry like he was in pain, like oh, the whole time. Yeah. So, um, and like, still, when we go some places mm-hmm. to some friends' houses and things, he'll go off into like a kid's bedroom where there's nobody there just because he needs a, a sensory break. Yeah. So, um, things like that. So, he's still nonverbal, mm-hmm. um, but he does have a communication device. Mm-hmm an AAC device. I don't know if your um, listeners know what I'm talking about. It's an augmentative communication
0: device. I think I'm so sure some speaks, do. It's just that like yeah. I know I don't because um, you know my daughter's still young. We haven't noticed anything but we have so many different listeners out there that have different backgrounds. So I'm pretty sure there are some that are curious like I am and some that are like oh yeah I know what that is. Right
1: so it's it's basically a high-tech way to communicate so like um, PEX is kind of like when you exchange pictures Mm -hmm. to communicate and he really was not getting that system first of all it relies on social interaction Mm -hmm. and he was he's not he was not very social so he didn't want to look at you in the eyes you know he was not a hugger Um, I know a lot of people that you know when they see they see down syndrome and they're like oh they're, they must hug a lot oh yeah, yeah yeah oh, no love, everybody's they're
0: different Every, they're always happy
1: <laughs> yeah th- that's okay that's great but not everybody's like that and yeah. that's that's just a generalization you know mm-hmm. everybody gets sad yeah but um so yeah he i'm um, sorry i lost where i was <laughs>
0: Oh, um, his tool. His, he doesn't like the picture. Oh, his tool. Yeah. So since we've
1: been home with COVID, we've really been focusing on using that throughout our daily routine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's a speech generating device and you can alter the vocabulary to fit the individual's needs. Um, so he doesn't have like all of the words mm-hmm. on it right now. We're, you know, I'm doing a lot of modeling with him two and three word phrases that sort of thing and so it talks for him so he's he's now getting the fact that this gives him power he can request things he can say what he wants you know what his needs are that sort of thing or try to comment so that's good We're yeah we're really working on that and he seems to be picking up a lot more since we've been home with this whole
0: COVID situation. Yeah. It's actually been like a benefit because so. you get to spend more time with your children and you get mm-hmm. to do things that you probably couldn't, if you were out of the house every day, you know? So that that's always a silver lining with COVID. <laughs> well, I mean, I know yes. definitely with my experience, there are things where we have to, you know, just like simple things like reading with the children. We don't really get to read with the kids during the day. Cause we're so busy going to work, driving here, doing this. But then now that we're home, it's like we could actually spend the time during the day for a few minutes of reading. But I feel you, definitely feel you on that. Um, So Calvin is obviously your inspiration for the book that you wrote.
1: Yes. So um, there were a few books that, um, we have a local Down Syndrome Association and they always give new parents books and things like that. And then when you go to the Down syndrome clinic, they have a volunteer there that gives you more books, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And mm-hmm. I liked a lot of the books that they were giving me, but there wasn't really a book that was, you know, Down syndrome is okay. And this is how you can be friends with somebody with Down syndrome or, mm-hmm. you know, more of an advocating role, like for somebody who's not a family member or not close to the individual so Mm -hmm. my inspiration was to write a book for everyone Mm -hmm. like anybody could pick it up and they would learn something about down syndrome and you know basically how to be a good friend so in the back of my book i have you know just basic facts of down syndrome Mm -hmm. um how you know ways that you can make friends with them you know it's basically for anyone
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but it's tailored to raise awareness for those with down syndrome because there really wasn't a book that was you know inclusive
0: yeah like i know know? um when i would when i researched books a lot of books were geared towards like siblings i mean of course there are the parent resources that were like you know join your um regional center and join support groups stuff like that but like like children's book books I was trying to look for some for sibling related and there were a couple but it's really like there's really not much out there you know yeah there isn't yeah and which which is weird because I would think there would be I mean but I'm glad that you were able to implement that in your book and it's a um make it available for you know everybody to well actually can you still purchase the book
1: Oh yes, so okay. it's available anywhere books are sold, um, especially Amazon, um, okay. and I do have it on my personal website as well. So yeah,
0: okay. Um, yeah. So if anybody's interested in the book, um, what is? do you mind giving your website out to anybody? Sure, it's
1: Nightingale Books, but the Gale is spelled like my first name, so D A I L. Okay, and it's it's just nightingalebooks.com. dot com.
0: Okay, so if anybody wants to check out her book, um, I love that about your book. Um, So with them, I wanted to kind of go back because I did want to ask you about the diagnosis, the dual diagnosis with autism and Down syndrome, because I'm pretty sure um, other listeners like me are going to want to know, would you think that it's like, how has that changed? Like, we're all used to having a child with Down syndrome, but now you have another diagnosis on top of it. How has that changed like your lifestyle if it has at all or made different alterations um because now you're dealing with two different subjects, you know two yes. different, and you get to go on two different like buddy walks, <laughs> <you> know, like, <laughs> which it sounds like really fun because I you know we're like those type of parents that are always like like cheerleading for it, so imagine being able to do that with autism as well that's that's really cool,
1: yeah, it's um. I don't know how to describe it basically but mm-hmm. I we we I say we but I should t- speak for myself mm-hmm. um I basically feel like we we as a family unit don't really fit a specific group mm-hmm. so you know I, we go to a lot of the down syndrome events and things like that mm-hmm. but you know I have to alter everything that I do for him because yeah either, you know, he can't, you know, take in all of the sensory or, um, you know, he elopes, which is a typical, typical thing. Um, So there's a lot of other kids who, you know, he's nonverbal and things. So, you know, just getting them to talk to him or Mm -hmm. to play with him and he doesn't really initiate any social interaction with anybody else Mm -hmm. so um maybe his older sister but that's about it so just getting him to socialize is is very difficult and then like if we go to an autism sponsored event Mm -hmm. we don't really fit in with that group either because I I don't that sounds bad if I just say it's just autism it's not just autism but it's 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 like we're in our own little world. So I have other friends that have children with Down syndrome and autism, mm-hmm. and we pretty much fit better with those other families yeah, because it's like a
0: match. Your guys' mm-hmm. lifestyle. Yeah, it's like
1: a totally different world.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, because I was going to say there. I know there definitely is other people out there that have the dual diagnosis because I've seen, I've seen it. You know, just on like uh, social media, like people reaching out and stuff. But I, I, you know, I haven't spoken to enough people, enough people to know that if the characteristics of a dual diagnosis is the same across the board for, or if it's different, you know, cause I mean, I mean, I know down syndrome, like the back of my hand, you know, if I talk to another parent, it's like, oh yeah, it's like automatically like my child did this, this, and this. Whereas if I talk to, you know, you, a parent with a dual diagnosis, you might know some things that I've been through, but not th- from the autism side of it right so, but I know definitely there is out there so I, the uh the uh, population that you're probably speaking to is probably like their ears are perking up right now because <laughs> you know what I mean so but yeah um well I'm really that's really nice I love that he was your muse for your book um how's your book been like since you um since you've written it and published it I know that you were on the mighty.com and then you were on the Washington Post I read that um, how has that book, ever since you got it out into the world, um, how how's the change been for you?
1: Yeah, so it's very strange because I am an introvert. Mm-hmm. I am not a person that wants to be in the spotlight or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll, I'll do all the background stuff and somebody else can go out on stage. Um, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> that's not my role. But I feel like since I've gone through this journey and I'm trying to help others along the way is kind of my job to mm-hmm. advocate and, and be out there. So I'm trying to get over my whole, yeah. <laughs> you know, insecurities or whatever they might be and say, you know what, this is, oh, I'm helping people. So just do it. So um, yeah, a lot of these things kind of just fell into my lap. So I, you know, I had somebody call me. And they were like, I can't believe all this stuff you're doing during COVID. You know, the newspaper would le- love to write an article on you. But I thought they were actually going to write it on my daughter.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so when the lady called and she was like, no, I want to interview you. And I was like, oh, well, I don't really know what to say. <laughs> um, but she did a great she, – uh, she, it was a wonderful article. And then it got picked up, you know, by the AP, so it went mm-hmm. – National, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not really a national
0: person, but
1: okay. <laughs> You're if like, I'm more of like
0: a Dover, Delaware girl. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: Exactly. um But you know, it's about the message, it's yeah. about, you know, spreading love, spreading awareness, spreading inclusion, mm-hmm. all of that. So I'll do whatever I have to do. Well,
0: it seems and like, and then, the, it, yeah, it seems like that Calvin's actually changing you more too. I mean, obviously, Definitely. he's changing you as a parent, but I mean, just. I
1: I am a totally different person now. Well, I wouldn't say totally, but I definitely see the world through different lenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing. What like it's like I know what my purpose is. I know you know why I'm here. Mm-hmm. I I I get it all. Like life makes total sense to me. And he you know he's really showing me what's important and what really is not yeah so
0: that's true like i definitely yeah. understand that and he has an older sibling you said your yeah so he has an older sister and a younger sister oh nice he's right there in mm-hmm. between yep he's right in the middle so, how, so. Are, how are the kids um with him
1: like he. well my oldest is great mm-hmm. and he loves her and he looks up to her but he's not so fond of the younger one. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so she's five now and she can do some things more than he can do. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of the issue is like, I know I'm bigger than her, but she can do some of this stuff. So it's, so it
0: I know that once they
1: get older, it'll be fine. But yeah. right now you She's not his favorite.
0: No, <laughs> oh. <Cute. laughs> that's awesome though. I love the sibling. I love like hearing about siblings because I I'm a mom of you know two kids and it's just I love hearing about it because just I think that was one of my fears at first was you know oh my gosh how's my daughter gonna treat my younger daughter with Down syndrome how is this gonna work out in life so it's always inspiring to hear that uh, there are other kids out there and they're doing just perfect and then you know just it's really good to hear that but um i'm really excited for you and um yeah i would you should definitely do a book on autism and down syndrome together
1: yeah Yeah. well my this book was supposed to be the first one in a series Mm -hmm. and if you do read the book um i guess i'm going to give away a secret here Mm -hmm. clyde um who is in the book uh, if you look at his socks, he actually does have autism. Oh. It just doesn't, you don't see that in the book.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so the, the next book is supposed to be featuring Clyde and autism, but I have not gotten to writing that yet because life is, life is what mm-hmm. it is.
0: Yeah. So, Have you always been an
1: author? No. So I've always wanted to be when I was little, mm-hmm. but no, it's, it's just, um, it just comes from my heart. And, and I know, I used to be a teacher. So mm-hmm. that's my background. I started an early childhood education. I taught special education. I, you know, did a lot of that sort of thing. Um, and I'm actually into assistive technology now, mm. thanks, thanks to my son. <laughs> He's, you know, I'm, I'm learning as much as I can, you know, to help him in his journey as well. So mm. I just love you know, working with kids and teaching kids and that sort of thing. So
0: that's where it comes um, Were you a teacher before Calvin or after Calvin?
1: Yeah, so that's a really good story, too. I was a teacher before I had Calvin, and the only job that I could get at the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: was a special ed position. And I said, you know, I don't – like, that's not my background. Mm-hmm. I don't really know anything about it. Like, that's not what I took in college. Yes. I didn't have – you know, I didn't have a special education certification. Mm -hmm. So I was really scared to even take that position. And so, you know, I taught that for probably like four years, got my certification in special ed. And then I had my daughter and I stayed home with her. Mm -hmm. So then once I stayed home with her, and then I had Calvin, um, the world made sense to me because I said, "Now I know why I yeah. had that
0: job." Yeah, because you know what? I'm actually going to school for my um, my special ed certification, and I love talking to people about it because it it helps me honestly understand like what's in store for me. But um, same thing. I, I mean, I had my daughter first, but then I, it sparked an interest in the career side in my career. So that's what I want to do now. But yeah that's exactly why you already um did you already have students that had down syndrome before calendar so i no i actually never had a student that
1: had down syndrome but um, i had several that had autism and that sort of thing but it really helped me i knew i didn't have to worry about navigating the educational system i knew all the iep laws i knew i know you know i knew the ins and outs of my rights and and all that thing and all that but um so I, w- I was comforted by that. It was mm-hmm. the medical that I was very concerned about because yeah. I'm not, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. You know, I i never wanted to, to go into med. I can't, you know, I can't handle somebody else being in pain. Yeah. And, um, you yeah, alone your own this. child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I've learned a lot through having Calvin. I've had to hold him down many a time mm-hmm. for procedures and, you know, done the hospital life. Um, so i've I definitely expanded my knowledge in the medical field, stayed up hours and hours researching different things to find out what's you know what was wrong with him and that sort of thing.
0: But oh, that's good. I'm glad that he's like shaping you and he's still you're gonna grow. You're still growing, you know, as a parent yeah. and that's just that's beautiful. i'm I'm excited for you, Gail. <laughs> I'm really excited. Well, for you. thank you. Um, and you know, I'm really, I'm happy to hear that he's doing really good with his eating. And, um, I love that you are a down syndrome or not, you were a special ed teacher. I mean, I just, I want to do that too. <laughs> so right. I want to do that too. I'm so I'm hoping that falls in my lap, but, um, well, I mean, is if there are other parents out there listening, um, what kind of message would you want to give to the world about, uh, down syndrome and autism?
1: that you're you're not alone there are other people that are going through or or have gone through the same such situations it's you know don't feel like you're the first person and that you you don't have any help and that you have to shoulder everything by yourself
0: um i can speak on my behalf i am so hard-headed when it comes to asking for help and i'm just like talking about every single day stuff my husband's like you got to calm down and like, if you need help with something, ask me for it. And I'm like, no, I got this. I got this. And then I end up breaking down at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, I am not, yeah, I
1: guess that's my message too, is I have learned to ask for help and I am, I am not one that asks for help. I will figure out how to do it myself. And I've learned through this, I can't do it all. I, yeah. I really, truly can't, and that's not what's best for my kids. Yeah, I have to ask for help. Even with my book, mm-hmm. I went and I asked for help. I said, you know what? Stop it. it. It's not about you. It's about the message. It's about inclusion, you know, spreading love, spreading all of this.
0: So Just, are, you know. are, with your book, are you, um, were you able to hand that out, like, at your association or any, um, any kind of regional centers that you guys are a part of? Yeah, so my
1: local um, association buys books now, and they hand them out to um, new parents.
2: Nice.
1: Yeah, so I need to—I really need to branch that out. I just haven't. Um, and yes, we—I did a campaign. So that's how my book started. I did a Kickstarter because I wanted to just give my book out. I'm not—first mm-hmm. of all, I'm not a business person, so I don't really know how any of that works. But it's about spreading the message. Mm-hmm. So I did the Kickstarter, um, excuse me, I'm going to call. It's okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, so we, I did a Kickstarter and was raising money to donate the books. So I needed enough money for, to get a first run completed mm-hmm. and then whatever money I could raise for it, that's what I could donate. So we've, I've donated to libraries, um, children's hospitals, doctor's offices, um, therapy centers, things like that. So Mm -hmm. locally, I've donated lots of books. Um, I did a campaign last October, which was for wristbands. Um, Can't really do that right now because of COVID. But uh, I had a lot of teachers buy wristbands that said more like than different on them for students and things and if you you know bought 30 wristbands then that donated a book so oh, wow. either they could get the book or they could tell me where they wanted me to donate the book or some people you know wanted to gift it to a relative or something like that so oh,
0: that's really good That's really yeah nice.
1: so it's just trying to raise the money to donate it so
0: mm-hmm. that you know I mean I know, I, I trust me, I've I've worked with associations before and I had all these great ideas like, let's do this, let's do this. But you got to have the funding to do it. <laughs> like, yeah, you really do as, as amazing as it sounds, because that was one of the things I was like thinking of, like, OK, if a new mom, you know, comes to us and says they're about to have a child with Down syndrome, like a cool care packet would be awesome. It could, it could include books and pamphlets and, you know, I was like thinking big, like, A new mug and a (laughs) T-shirt, and I'm like, wait a minute, how is my, how am I going to pay for all this? But I wish it could. But that's really cool. Yeah, it adds up. Yeah, it really does. It that's good that you're able to fundraise and keep getting that book out. And um, well, if you guys want to check the book out again, her website's NightingaleBooks.com. And um, did you want to share your Instagram with anybody? Oh, sure. So I think it's
1: Gale. might be underscore author i'm sorry i'm bad with social media um i think it's gail author and then like my personal one is nightingale books i don't know how to do what i'm doing so sorry (laughs) it's okay um i need i need help no it is
0: gail author i'm looking right now so on instagram you're gail underscore author and then yeah and then her nightingalebooks.com link is on there so if anybody wants to check out her book or um follow gail you can do so by that, and uh, thank you so much, Gail, for speaking with me and talking about your journey and Calvin and how he's doing. And um, thank
1: you for having me. Yes, I'm,
0: I'm very. I'm not really a
1: spotlight person, but um, I appreciate you having me on. Well, and... you're in
0: the light today. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm gonna check out your book too. I think um I think it'd be a perfect story for our little ones. Um, but um, well, send not- me a.
1: Send
0: me an address and I can autograph it for you. Oh yes. I didn't even think about that. Okay, I'll yeah. definitely do that. I'll definitely do that. Okay, well, um, thank you, Gil. And, you know, I wish you so much luck and happy Down syndrome, awareness month, and autism. I don't think autism is in October. I, no. It's, it's like not. in March or something.
1: Yeah, yes. It's, and then you have Special days and things too so
0: oh, cool. yeah happy, it's hard to keep happy it all months and days and years <laughs> yes. in advance. all right well um if you guys are interested in um following her go to her link and thank you everybody for listening and um until next story we're going to be sharing that pretty soon here our story number four out of our 21 inspirational stories and thank you so much gail again and it was nice talking to you yes thank you All right, have a good day. You too. Bye. Thank you guys so much for joining us today for story number three out of the 21 inspirational stories of Down syndrome. Um, You guys will be happy to hear that story number four is actually coming up very shortly. Uh, For our next story, we are going to be talking to Kelly Kaufman. She actually has a son with Down syndrome and she's going to be Uh, speaking with me and sharing their journey as well. So keep on the lookout for that. And I hope everybody's having a good Down Syndrome Awareness Month. It is the beginning of October, so we still got weeks to go. So thank you so much. And until next time, thank you for joining me on the Talk Down Syndrome Podcast.